keep it simple, especially when you're first starting. We want to keep it simple and we want to keep it really linear. I think going back to your point about, you know, the Amy Porterfields and Pat Flynn's and James Wedmore's, they have huge teams and they've been doing this for years. It's great to look at them and to get ideas from them and everything, but realize that your launch probably isn't going to look like their launch because you don't have the team or the budget and that's okay, right? So when we're first starting out, we're going to keep it simple and I want you to give yourself enough time for your launch runway, as I call it. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 103 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Tasha Booth. Tasha is the CEO of the Launch Guild and is also a virtual assistant and OBM business coach. Tasha's agency, the Launch Guild, offers course and podcast launch support as well as system setups and migrations. During our conversation, we talked all things launching, how much time a launch should take, how big of an audience you need, how to warm them up, and much more. So if you've ever thought about launching a course but aren't sure how to go about it successfully, get out your notebooks because this is going to be a great one. Before we hear the rest of Tasha's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Tasha's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the CEO of the Launch Guild, Tasha Booth. Tasha Booth, welcome to She's Off Script. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you or the Launch Guild, could you share who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I am the founder and CEO of the Launch Guild. We are a full service launch support agency. So I've got a team of about 22 um, at this point, and we do all kinds of launches, podcasts, course launches, all kinds of marketing launches. And on the other side of my business, I also coach and mentor virtual assistants, online business managers, and project managers on how to start, grow, and scale their own businesses. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to dive into it. Especially given that it's you with a team. How do you manage? It. Well, I'll ask. But yes. <laughs> before that, I hear you studied musical theater in school. So how do you find yourself now in the <laughs> online business space? I ask myself that every single day. I was like, how did I get here? But, you know, I, yeah, I did musical theater uh, professionally for 12 years. I was, I was successful at it. And I was in the international tour of Hairspray. I've done Aida three times. Like I loved that side of what I did. And I still honor it to this day by, by doing community theater. But at the same time, I hated the feast and famine of it kind Mm -hmm. of either. I was doing it, you know, and I was on tour and I was loving it. Or I was standing in line at like six in the morning to hopefully get an audition spot. Yeah. And so finally I got to the point of ready to to do something else. And I became um, a full-time health and well-being director for two YMCAs. Loved that. um, Really loved what I was doing there, but found myself wanting more in terms of the flexibility and also just the paycheck, you know, Mm -hmm. in nonprofit sector, you kind of get capped at what you can make, you know, they want you to do more, but they don't want to pay you more for it. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started my business in the first place. At this point in your business journey, you've been able to scale your business from 40K to 500K plus a year within the course of four years. What was that point of inflection for you to start scaling your business? 
Yeah. So I think that my goal was always, my goal has always been to double the the year previous um, since I started my business. Mm-hmm. And that, that of course becomes more difficult as the numbers get bigger, you know, and doubling things. But I think being really intentional about like, what are my goals and what's, what's the strategy to get to that goal every mm-hmm. year. Um, I now have, now with the team that I have, we work together at the end of each year to think about what do we want to do for, you know, for the next year. And to have a really solid plan in terms of mapping that out and what that looks like and where all of our big launches are, where our, our new products are and what we need to do in order to hit our numbers. Given that you started in the nonprofit space and then transitioned to blogging and then a VA business, what has the progression of your growth looked like up until this point? So the progression of my growth really looked like looking at what were the needs of my clients, especially Mm -hmm. when I was a a virtual assistant and a solopreneur. You know, really looking at okay, what what do I want to fill in that space for my clients, um, and what do I need? Who do I need in order to fill the other spaces? Because what I learned pretty quickly, and most of my clients were coaches and course creators, and what I learned really quickly is that coaches and course creators always are launching something new. They always have a need for, you know, a landing page or a Facebook ad strategist. And I knew that I didn't want to, nor could I be that singular person that could fill all of those things, all of those pieces for them. Mm -hmm. And so when I was looking at, okay, how do I want to grow my business? I looked at two things. Number one, what was the need in terms of what did our clients need? And that was they needed a a group, a community, you know, a business in a box, so to speak, of people who were experts and could support them in their changing and pivoting needs. And number two, I really needed a community because I missed having coworkers and I missed, you know, kind of that that office banter and everything. Mm -hmm. And so having a team really fell into my need as an extrovert to have people that I could chat with, you know, and everything like that also. You know, I find that new business owners often have a bit of shiny object syndrome when Mm -hmm. it comes to all of the ideas they want to launch. At what point in your journey did you decide to create and then split off the coaching side of your business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that the coaching and the course side probably came earlier than I would have liked. And it came more out of people asking me, how did you do that? Like, oh, do you have do you have coaching? You know, do you have a pick your brain session? Like people just started asking me those questions because they saw that I was I was successful at what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of came out of that. And then it was probably two years ago when I was like, okay, what is, let me be as intentional about that side of my business as I am with this side, you know, with the agency side of my Mm -hmm. business and what do I want that to look like? And so that started off with just, you know, offering one-on-one coaching. And then when it kind of started getting into group coaching, I realized that it really, that side of my business really did need its own space and its own opportunity to grow and to be as big as it could be and can be. Mm -hmm. And that's when we decided last year to separate, you know, the social media and the websites for both sides of the business, which was a huge undertaking. And I do not suggest that to anybody who does not have a team. (laughs) Because yeah, it was was a lot. Um, But at the same time, I think it was so needed. 
<laughs> in retrospect, would you have set up your business in this way from the start or did you just not realize you wanted to coach as well? Yeah, I don't think I knew that I wanted to coach, but in retrospect, it makes total sense because I've always had that like teacher spirit in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, wanting to teach others as I was going. I, I used to own a dance studio in, you know, a long time ago too. You've done it all. <laughs> I know, I really have done it all. And so I've, I've always loved, you know, teaching people and it just, it makes sense. But at the same time, it wasn't something that I was expecting. What was the process of splitting up the two businesses like? And today, how are you splitting up your time between both? Mm -hmm. Great question. So the process of splitting the businesses was first, we decided on splitting the websites first. um, And we basically took it just like we would any other kind of a launch and really gave ourselves about three months to take the whole process. Mm -hmm. And so we did the websites website first. Um, I, you know, I created the Tasha Booth site and I did most of that work myself and just kind of took my time with it. And then my social media manager, Rachel, just did a really great job of like starting to ramp up our social even before we were making that switch, we were already starting to post and everything mm-hmm. so that when we you know, made that grand announcement kind of thing, it was easy for people to go and kind of binge on the content instead of it being like, oh, I've got one post. Right. <laughs> you know? It's not like a ta-da, but you brought them yeah. along the journey with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. And so it just worked really well that way for us because I feel like it wasn't overwhelming for any one member of my team. And it felt like it was just a natural progression and a transition. And I love that all through this, you're saying my team, because Mm -hmm. there's some undertakings that are just difficult to handle alone, especially within this online business space where there are a lot of moving pieces. So far, you've mentioned 22 people working on the agency side and a social media manager. Could you give us some insight into who you have on Mm -hmm. your team and how long it took you to bring everyone on board? Yeah. So on the agency side is where we have the 22 and I have one full-time employee, but by the end of this year, I'll actually have three full-time um, employees. And that full-time employee is my director of operations, Jay LaRae. And I think I saw that this year was going to be a pivotal year for us. And I saw that like this year was the year that basically we were going to explode. Mm. And I'm glad that I saw that. How did <laughs> you see that? Okay. Let, let's put a pin in the previous one. How did you see that this was going to be the year for you. I, I, you know, I think it was because I knew that I had been doing the work uh-huh. to get to this point. And so I just, I'm, I'm such a person that when I make a decision about something and like, I'm, I'm the person that is my biggest competition. And mm-hmm. so when I make a decision about something, I'm like, okay, this is my goal and I'm going to hit my goal, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's just a matter of when it's not a matter of if, you mm-hmm. know, once I make the decision. And so we started seeing kind of the ramp up in terms of like, the launch guild being known in the online space and everything. We started seeing that late last year, the you know, the the later half of last year. And I saw like if we're going going to continue this increase in this growth, I need somebody that's my right and left hand and that helps me get out of my own way in terms of being the bottleneck of all of the pieces mm-hmm. in my business. And that's who Jay Larray is in our, you know, in our business and continues to be. So yeah, so on the launch guild side of it, um, the 22 include like Facebook ads managers, social media managers, you know, project managers, graphic designers, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And out of that 22, I've got about five that we call my inner hive. And they are the people that are also doing the, the Tasha Booth side of things, the co- courses and the, um, you know, all of my strategy and all of, all of those pieces as well got for it. the course and the coaching side. 
also a little bit earlier, you talked about you were doing the work and that's mm-hmm. how you saw the momentum. What is the work? Because everyone's <laughs> talking about putting in the work. What is the work? Yeah, <laughs> it's showing up. It's being consistent and it's it's seeing like making in- incremental improvement day after day. So I started, I would say 2018, because that was my first full year in business. Um, So, or my first full year in full time in my business. And in 2018, I did 52 coffee chats in 52 weeks. And that was the beginning of being like, I'm visible. I'm here. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to network and partner with other business owners. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've just been really intentional about making that the primary thing that like, is my responsibility each and every day. And that's why people know of the Launch Guild. That's why you know they, they know about what we do. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times, like I've had you know students of mine in my coaching programs come to me after two weeks and be like, okay, I've been posting on social media and it's not working. <laughs> you know? That's not like, enough time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's not enough time. Come back to me in like two years. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. And so it's just about the, the intentionality of what you're doing, but also the consistency in what you're doing. Hmm. And you talked about partnering with other businesses. I often tell clients starting new ventures that collaboration is one of the best ways to amplify your reach when you're new. It really does help you leverage the credibility Mm -hmm. others have already built. So how did you go about initiating those collaborations? Mm -hmm. So I think that definitely the coffee chats were super helpful because when, you know, when you get to see a person, person to person and have a conversation that is more than you trying to sell them and more about like, tell me about your life. Tell me about your family. Tell me about who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. They will remember you and keep you top of mind. And those are the people that have the ears of your ideal client a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'd have conversations with Facebook ad strategists and, and graphic designers and those sorts of people. And then when their clients are looking for online business managers or launch managers, you know, they can remember me because they've had a conversation with me. And so I'm no longer just like, somebody that, you know, out in the universe, I'm a person to them. Mm. Thank you so much for taking that detour with me because I thought it was important to drive that point home. So coming back to the Launch Guild side of things, Mm -hmm. we see all of the online business bosses like Amy Potterfield, Pat Flynn, and James Wedmore, for example, Mm -hmm. launching their courses. And from the way they launch, you can just tell there are a lot of moving pieces. So for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the launch, could you share what a launch is? Yeah. I love that question. And, you know, I've been getting that question more and more and I'm like, oh, I have to remember that like not everyone lives in the launch world like I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so when I think of a launcher, when we think of a launch, we think of one program or one service that you're kind of amplifying for a period of time. And so that means that you are either opening the doors and maybe it's something that you don't have offered all year round, or you're giving bonuses or something like that for a program, a course, a service that you really want to amplify the messaging for. Um, usually that's anywhere between you know a week to 10 days that you have that the doors open for that. And you're really just driving it home and trying to get an influx of new people into that program. Now, before we dive into how we should launch, at what point in their business growth do most clients reach out to work with you? In other words, are your services mainly for established coaches and business owners, or is it for people at any stage of their growth? 
So we actually have packages and, and programs for anyone that is either just starting out all the way up to they've launched a couple times before and now they're ready for a full launch team. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's important. And what I what I see with a lot of people is they have such an amazing gift and such amazing value that they could bring to the online space. And they get to the point where they feel stuck, either it's in tech or it's in their copy or it's in their design. And then it sits on the shelf for like a year, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I kept seeing that, especially with newer coaches or course creators that didn't feel like they could hire a full team that wasn't in their budget yet. And I wanted to find a way for them to work with us in a smaller capacity. So we actually have things like our launch day or design day with where it's like a one-day intensive where we do your design or your tech for you. And that's often just enough for them to get over that hurdle that feels really big for them and get to the finish line of, of actually completing their, their course and getting their course actually launched. As you said, some people may not have the budget to hire a full launch team. Mm-hmm. Could you share the pitfalls, if any, of going the DIY route when launching a course? Yeah. So I totally like, I want to empathize with the budget thing because I think it's real. Right. Yeah. And we want to be, we want to make sure that like we're making sound decisions in our business. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think like when when you think about it as an all or nothing, that's the biggest pitfall that I see. Mo- for most people, if we look at what do I feel the least competent in being able to do myself, if you just take that piece of it, you can find somebody out there in the online space who fits your budget and can help support you in that piece of it. Mm-hmm. So like I was saying before, a lot of times that's either copy, tech, or design. And you can find somebody who will just do that part so that you can do the part that you feel really competent in and the parts that light you up uh, during and for your launch. Actually, I think you just covered one of the questions I was going to ask you, which was who are the key members of a launch team? And from what you Mm -hmm. said, it sounds like it's going to be your designer, your technical VA and copywriter. Is that right? Right. Yeah. And it really depends on the size of the launch and everything. I would say if you've got multiple people, then that's when a project manager becomes really, really key in kind of corralling it all together. Mm -hmm. But if you're just starting out and you have like one person that you need, look at what is that one thing that I don't feel really like really strong on and hire somebody for that piece. Okay. So I want to approach this next part of the conversation from the perspective of someone who is relatively new to the online business space and wants to launch a course the right Mm -hmm. way. So could you take us through the progression of how an ideal launch should go? Absolutely. So the big overarching theme that I want your listeners to hear is keep it simple, especially when you're first starting. We want to keep it simple and we want to keep it really linear. I think going back to your point about, you know, the Amy Porterfields and Pat Pat Flynn's and James Wedmore's, they have huge teams and they've been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. And so it's great to look at them and to get ideas from them and everything, but realize that your launch probably isn't going to look like their launch because you don't have the team or the budget and that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we're first starting out, we're going to keep it simple. And I want you to give yourself enough time for your launch runway, as I call it. So when we think about launch runway, we're thinking about it in terms of the marketing. And then we're thinking about it in terms of the operational piece of it. And especially for newer launchers or for those who haven't launched anything, that launch runway is probably going to start at like 16 weeks out. And that's when you, yeah, 16 weeks. I know. So for all the last minuters who are like, I'm just going to do it. 
I know. Next week is not enough. <laughs> yes, yes. I get so many like discovery calls, um, emails into my inbox, and we ask the question, you know, when are you launching? And they're like, next week. And I'm like, I can do nothing for you. <laughs> so, but you want to give yourself enough time, especially when you're new, because you probably don't have, you know, a huge email list or a huge social media following. And mm-hmm. it's not that you need huge numbers. It's that you need an engaged audience. So give yourself time to start engaging with your audience, sending an email once a week, you know, creating an opt-in so that you're getting people onto your list and everything so that by the time you're actually at your launch, you have an audience that is ready to buy your product, right? There are so many things that we can do at the Launch Guild, but we always need somebody to sell to. and We can't do that piece. You know, that's something that you have to do. So if you give yourself that that 16 weeks to start warming up your audience, by the time you're ready for launch week, it's going to be way more of an an amazing um, experience for you and your audience. So that's the big piece. And then also think about what that customer journey looks like in terms of as you're warming your audience up, what do they need to know in order to be able to say yes by the time they're ready for your program or your product? And what are the questions or the pitfalls that they're going to have to overcome in terms of mindset in order to be ready? So I'll give you, give you an example. Um, I have a program for brand new VAs and, and aspiring virtual assistants called Built to Profit. And some of the things that the women that join that group and that course are experiencing is, you know, I'm a, I'm a mom and I work nine, a nine to five. Like, do I have the time to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So I start creating content about like, here's other women who have done it. Here's some examples like and some tips from them on how they've how they've managed having a kid in a nine to five and also growing their business, you know? And then another one is like, I don't even know what to offer. I'm coming out of corporate and like going into the online space. Like, what am I going to offer? Here's an opt-in on 30 beginner-friendly services, right? So we're answering those questions before they even become questions in their mind mm-hmm. and getting them ready to be like, oh, I know that I can do this because I, you know, I know how I'm gonna figure out the time. I've got some some ideas about my services, you know, and then they're ready to go. Okay, so at this point, you've anticipated their objections and found ways to put their mind at ease. But how do you warm up your audience and engage with them as you build momentum towards your launch? Yeah. So I think it's really about how do you best show up for your audience? Mm -hmm. So that could mean that you start doing some Facebook lives, like a weekly Facebook live series that kind of leads into your launch. Mm -hmm. Maybe you try to get on more podcasts right before your your launch so that you're amplifying your, your voice and your impact that way. Maybe you create like a challenge series of some sort, you know, where, where it's leading into your launch. You just want something that is kind of like starting to warm them up and lead them to your launch and think about the way, how have I been showing up for my audience already? Mm-hmm. And how can I kind of amplify that in the, in the same way, but just in a more impactful way? We see a lot of online business icons hosting webinars. Mm-hmm. Do I need a webinar? Yeah, not necessarily. So yeah, and it really depends on your audience for that too. Um, I think that webinars are a great opportunity to kind of test content and to see what your audience really connects with uh, with you for. But I've seen a lot of people, especially lately, that don't do webinars or do a live series, a Facebook live series into a webinar, right? Mm. So it's about testing um, and it's about the data, basically. I've decided for my next launch, I'm actually not doing a webinar. And that's, I know, that's something brand new. And I was like, oh, this seems really scary, you know, but at the same time, 
I know that what converts really well is when my audience sees me in my element and my element is like showing up on on video and teaching. And so okay. I've decided to do a um, three-day challenge in which you know they get to, by the end of that challenge, they actually have a win that is tangible and that's actionable and that they feel successful. And once they can see that success, understand that success and understand like how I can support them in, in that mm-hmm. continued success, it becomes such an easier yes. So what is a good size audience to launch with? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a hard one because I've literally seen amazing launches with like 300 people on people's email list. And I really think it's a matter of having an engaged audience rather than the size of the audience. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will tell you, you'll, you're ready to launch when your email list hits a thousand people. And I think that that's, that's a nice barometer to have, you know, or barometer to have and to kind of work towards. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if it's, you know, if it's 800, I don't want you to be like, oh, I can't launch. I'll do it next year. (laughs) Speaking of growing an audience, what has Mm. been your approach to growing an audience? Is it Facebook ads or is it waiting to organically grow until you have critical mass? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. So Facebook ads are great, but at the same time, we we often want something that's validated already mm-hmm. by organic traffic before mm-hmm. we turn that into an ad, right? So if you have an opt-in that you already have, and that could be a checklist, that could be a masterclass, something that you already have that you know is converting well, that people are really drawn to, mm-hmm. that's when you start putting ad, you know, ad dollars into it and everything. So that once again, it's that it's that amplify word that I keep coming back to. It's my word of the year too. So like amplify, you know, but it's, yeah, it's amplifying what you're already doing. Um, and knowing that, okay, it's working when I'm doing it organically. So it's just Mm going to work better when we have a larger audience and we're putting some ad dollars behind it. Okay. So we've given ourselves eight to 12 weeks before launch. Mm -hmm. We know how big our audience needs to be and how to warm them up. Mm -hmm. What does the launch project plan look like from a 30,000 foot view? And what are the milestones that we need to have in place? Yeah. So it looks like your launch run- runway pieces, right? So are you going to do video? Are you Facebook's, um, Facebook Lives? What are you going to do there? Then it looks like your webinar challenge, your sales page. So how are people going to learn more about the program and how are they going to pay you for the program? And then whatever social media content is under, is the undercurrent for the entire launch week. Um, and then you have, of course, your emails for your actual lists that are going to go out pre-launch, during your launch, all of those pieces. So it's a, it's a, a really long list mm. <laughs> um, when you're, you know, when you get into the nitty gritty of a, of a full launch plan. But that's once again, one of the reasons why you want to give yourself a longer runway to be able to do it well. So Tasha, now that we have the lay of the land with launching, what are those expert moves that people at your level are using now? Yeah. So I think in terms of what's working really well right now for those who have already launched once or twice and are ready to kind of kick it up a notch is really creating those moments of engagement that just wow your audience. So for me, I like to do a lot more when it comes to either um, connection and that could mean you know sending out personalized videos. That could mean having mm. those connection calls or maybe even group calls, those sorts of things. 
things, I think it's something that can definitely become overwhelming. So that's why I don't necessarily recommend it if this is your first time out the gate. But look at ways that you can engage with your audience in a way that is surprising and that they they're not mm. expecting, you know. And I think it's so important that we remember each person is their own individual versus really thinking of them as like a number or like you know one of the people that is going to get you to your launch goal. And so when we individualize and personalize the experience more, that just surprises people, especially in the online space because we're so used to mm-hmm. it being so automated. You know, um, I like to do it by I use something called Bonjuro, and that's a video thing where you can literally create a customized and personalized video oh. for people. And so yeah, and it's really cool. And I did that recently um, for a launch where I was doing webinars, and I literally sent six hundred Bonjuro videos mind out. <laughs> How long did I that know. take you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did it over the course of like 10 days. And so I would just set my first hour of the day and my last hour of the day was just video. And I it was under mm-hmm. a minute each for each person, but it was just like, you know, hey, Susie Q, I'm so excited that you've decided to hop on this webinar with me. I would love to know what's one thing that you want to learn during the webinar. You know, starting that um, that rapport and getting them to re-engage with you and to start that conversation going. So they're like, oh, wow, Tasha took the time mm-hmm. to say my name in a video, <laughs> you know, and to and to ask me like what I want to learn, you know, and I think that, that that's I'm so curious, important. What was the response rate to that? Yeah. So the open rate for those were well over 50% open rate. And then the response rate, I would say was at least 30%. And I really did try to respond back to each one of those, even if it was like awesome. I love that question. I can't wait to answer it. You know, something super duper quick, uh, but just letting them know that like you're actually there. I love that. But (laughs) once again, if this is your first time launching, keep it simple. And when you get to Tasha's level, then you can start to add those flourishes. Yeah. And the simplified version of that is just creating a personalized video that you embed into one of your emails and sending it as one of the emails, right? So instead of making it personalized with their name, you just say, you know, I'm so excited that you're going to be at this webinar. I'd love for you to reply back and let me know one question that you have. And that could be an email in mass where people are still going to respond and you'll still want to reply, but it doesn't have to be so individualized. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that tip, especially mm-hmm. now at the beginner level. So what else is on the horizon for you, your coaching business and for the Launch Guild? Yeah. So we're super excited just to continue supporting people at a high level in terms of uh, the agency, in terms of the Launch Guild. Um, We're almost to capacity for the rest of the year for launches. So I'm really excited about that. My team is ready to go and really excited about that. On the course and coaching side, we are going to be offering our first certification starting early next year. So we're going to be offering a Launch Manager certification Mm -hmm. uh, so that other people can do what we do and do it really well. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes out of your shop. But for anyone who's now excited about what you do and wants to work with you, how can we find you? Yes. So you can find me at thelaunchguild.com. All of our social handles are the same. They're the Launch Guild. And then on the coaching and course side for VAs, OBMs, and PMs, you can find me at tashabooth.com. And I hang out a lot on Instagram on that side of things. And all of my social handles for the Tasha Booth site are the Tasha Booth. Great. Thank you so much, Tasha. (laughs) I really appreciate all the tips you've shared today. 
Thank you. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.